Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, John is joined by his mother as they continue their message about how God sustained her during her battle with cancer. The mass, the tumor that you had, had covered up your right kidney. Yes. It had covered up pretty much half of your abdomen yes. and was moving towards your heart, towards yes. your aorta. Yes. And that was the concern. And so we'll fast forward just maybe even to later on that day or the next day. I think it was the next day when you started your first round of chemo in MD Anderson. Right, right. And uh, they were so concerned about your kidneys that they had said to you, you may have to go on dialysis immediately once we start this treatment. Right. And they had said, you're going to have to... Be... Tell us about when they were reading you. By this time, it was just you and Dad yes. in the uh, room. Yes, it Joel was hard. <laughs> y'all, why did y'all leave? Anyway, <laughs> they left. <laughs> but before that, I do want to say this, and I think this is out of order. But before that happened, when we left Dr. Rodriguez's office, I said, okay, Charles, take me about Walgreens drugstore. I want to get some uh, uh, index cards and spiral this. And I said, I've got to write some verses on this. So we went home, and I went to Bethel. That's where I pray. And God just gave me all these verses. And so I wrote all these verses down. And by the way, we prayed these together. I have a wonderful husband. He's so patient with me. But anyway, he never left my side. And we prayed these verses together every morning and every night. So then we went on down to MD Anderson, checked in the hospital. You and Joel left. And here we were, Daddy and me. Oh, my goodness gracious. The two <laughs> weakest of the four, I guess, that Charles is strong. I'm the weaker. And so they said, okay, we're going to start your treatment. And so, but it didn't get started until about 10, 30, 11 that night. And so we were there, and they had me all hooked up. And, and the nurse said, before we start this treatment, we're not sure you can take it. And I thought, yes, I've heard that. Don't tell me that again. <laughs> and she said, but what we're going to do, uh, I'm reading you all the side effects. And she did. And I thought, oh, my gracious. And I thought, God. You're going to help me. I know you are. You're going to help me. And so anyway, she said, now, we're going to have to check your vital signs every uh, 15 minutes to see if you're making it, if you can do it, if you can take it. And then every 30 minutes after we do that for an hour, and then every so often, and, and, and we can see how if we, we can't slow it down anymore, but we're going to see if your body can take this. And I said, okay, I don't have any choice. Here I am all hooked up. And uh, so... Charles was sitting over here, and I said, Charles, would you take these verses, and would you read these verses to me while I'm getting this chemo? Would you do that? And he said, sure. God love his heart. So he sat there. He took, me, took my hand, and then he started reading these verses, and here I was. And when he'd read a verse, I would claim a verse, and he got to reading that verse that says, Dottie Redmond, I am your God. I'm going to take care of you. I am going to hold you up with my righteous right hand. Do not worry about chemo because I am bigger than chemo and I am here with you. And I raised up my, I raised up my hand and I said, oh God, here's my hand. And I literally in my heart, I felt his hand reach down and touch my hand. And I thought, it's long. As you are holding my hand, 
whatever happened, I'm okay. And guess what? I went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and Daddy kept reading all these verses. And, but that was that experience. And you had of, none of the side effects, thankfully. Had no side effect. I mean, I felt wonderful. I kept telling. I told Dr. Rodriguez, I said, I am not sick. I feel good. She said, ma'am, if you could have seen the CT scan, you'd been bent double <laughs> or been brought in on a, on a stretcher. Now, listen, I, I think you're not a realist, but I'm telling you, you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept telling everybody I'm not, but I was. But anyway, God... This is what God can do for you, no matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter. As long as you have Jesus, there's always hope, whatever it is. Okay, I had lymphoma. You have, maybe you have sicknesses. Maybe you have financial problems. Maybe you have emotional problems. Maybe you have family problems. I don't care. We all have some kind of problem. But, but we have a God who is bigger than any problem that we will have. And if we, you know, he, God told me early on, yes, that's right, to him be the glory. He is bigger than any problem you have. I don't care what it is. And God told me early on, listen, Dottie Redmond, you are mine. I have called you by name, and you belong to me. And I'm going to take care of you, whichever way it goes. I am taking care of you. And so he said, but there's one thing I want you to do. He said, you keep your focus on my presence. Don't focus on the problem. I mean, admit you have it, but don't go lollygagging around about, I've got lymphoma, I'm in bad shape, this chemo is killing. No, you just keep, and then Jimmy, you would have been so proud. I, I, I said verses all the time. And then one day I was getting a, um, a PET scan. Oh, gosh, I never heard one of those. And I was in a room by myself for one hour. I had to drink something so everything would show up and contrast, whatever. And I thought, that door is so big, and I'm here by myself. If I call them, they couldn't hear me. Hear me. Of course, they said that there's a button over here. Push it. So I started singing in the presence of Jehovah. I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. But I sang it, and I sang that song because God told me, you concentrate on my presence, not on the problem. If you concentrate on the problem, whatever it is, you will go completely bonkers. But as long as we have God with us, and I say this again, as long as we have Jesus, we always have hope. Amen. I know I got off the track. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. That's, you're uh... <laughs> Your answers are better than my questions, so keep doing what you're doing. The, uh, you, you, you finished your first treatment, yes. and then thankfully after the second treatment, they did another PET scan, and we praise God the lymphoma was, it was gone, gone at that it point. Was gone. But you had to finish out the yes. remaining four yes. rounds yes. of the chemo. Was there ever a time in this process, either early on or during the treatment, when you just had a thought run through your mind, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it? Did you, ever, did you ever think that? I never thought I was going to die. I didn't, and it would have been okay if I would have, if it was, you know, my, I told the doctor, and the Bible tells us our times are in his hands, so I was good with that. So I didn't think I was going to make it. I wasn't sure if I could make it through chemo. I mean, I was, I hate to say I was pretty sick, but I, chemo has a way of doing that too. It's good, but anyway, I remember one time, there were three times when Daddy called in the forces. He'd, he'd, this is where he'd call my boys. He'd say, come quickly and hang the phone up. That's what they had to do, hop up, and they didn't know if I died or what happened. But anyway, I remember one of those times I had gotten out of bed, and it was, this was early on, and I just fell on the floor. And so he came over, uh, Charles, and said, let me put you back in the bed. And I said, I can't get up. 
I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And, but I did make it. But there were times when I was going through chemo, if I had thought about chemo and had not thought about God's presence, I would not have been able to endure what it was. But it was okay. And with God's help, we can do anything. So, so you had the thought run through your mind, yes. but you had to confront that oh, with, the, with the Bible and, oh, and with uh, your faith. And These verses, I'm telling you, they're out there. There's some out there in the foyer. I saw them yesterday. If you need those to give to anybody, just please pick it up. Because these, these, this is not my verses. These are, this is God's word. This is God's story. God helped me at every turn. And I'm telling you, one thing that's so good about being in church, if I can say this, I may, already, I may have already said it, streaming is wonderful. I'm th- I thank God for it. But when you are with believers, that's why God says we do not need to forsake being together. Because the Holy Spirit in you reaches out, and, and the Holy Spirit in me, and the Holy Spirit in all of us comes together. And can you imagine if we were all led by the Holy Spirit, what we could do? We could change this town. We could change this country. It's the Holy Spirit that is in each of us if we would just let it be activated. It's with us when we became a Christian. It's with us, so it's here. But we have a choice. Do we let the Holy Spirit guide and rule in our life? Or do we let whatever we're going through guide and rule in our life? No. I said, Lord, I am not doing that because that would not be good for me. It would not be good for my family. and It would not bring you glory. I am not doing that because you, Lord Jesus, rule my life in the good, the bad, and the indifferent. Amen. Amen. Mom, I don't think we ever told the congregation, but there was one day we were at MD Anderson and she was waiting to see her doctor and she was coming off one of these chemos where her, her blood counts were down. She was extremely weak. She was dehydrated. We didn't even know you were dehydrated uh, yeah. at the time, but she was, and she was in a wheelchair and you, you passed out in the, in the lobby yeah. there and the medical people did a code blue. And so that means that medical personnel just start coming all from the hospital, from that unit, and they, they, they took you back and hooked you up to an IV. What do you remember about the, the code blue day? Well, one thing, I was out. <laughs> I, do know, I do remember I was out. But I remember when I woke up, I was back in a room, and I was on this table, and they were giving me IVs, and all these doctors were around me, and I thought, why in the world are they here? They're making me nervous. And so uh, I said, uh, oh, one of the nurses said, you're gray. And I said, well, I'll be better in just a minute. <laughs> Do you have any Gatorade? That will help me get better. And so, but I remember when I saw that, I thought, I came real close to going to heaven. And, and that was okay. I never, I just want to say it again, I never feared dying. I never did. I wanted to live, but I did not fear dying. But anyway, they got me uh, back up. I mean, they gave me the, the IVs that I needed. And that's what I remember all those, when I was waking up, all those doctors over me. Yeah. Mom, one day we were coming back from the, from the hospital. And on this particular day, it was me and you and dad. And I was driving. You were in the front. And we were coming up 45. And you said, John, I want to tell you something I never have told you. And I thought, well, Did I didn't, scare you to I, yeah, because I didn't think there was anything we hadn't, we hadn't talked about. But uh, you said, I want to tell you about a prayer that I prayed for you and Joel when you were very, very young. And tell, that, it, it encouraged and blessed me. Tell, tell them about that. I always wanted to be a good mother. That was really my ambition in life was to be a good mother and a good wife. That's what I felt that God called me to be. And so I prayed 
for these two boys. I said, oh God, help me to be a mother that will teach them how to live. I want to teach them how to live. I want to teach them to love your word. I want to teach them to love church. And I want to teach them to pray. And I want, this is what I, I just, this is my desire. I want to teach them how to live. And if you learn how to live, life is much better. I'm telling you, not, it's not perfect, but it's much better. And you have to learn how to live before you learn how to die. And I said, God, just please help me to teach these boys that I love with all my heart. Teach, help me to teach them how to live. And how to die. Because I thought when the time comes to, for them to die, probably I'll be in heaven. But God, you will be with them. And help them to have no fear. None whatsoever. And I want them to have so much trust in you that whatever comes their way, they will live and live it to your glory, whatever it is, God. I want them to know how to live. And then I want them when the time comes to know how to die. Well... Thankfully, you're still living. I'm That's living. That's the main thing. <laughs> but, you know, you, I, you showed all of us how to walk through a dark valley with, with grace and with faith and trust in God. And Let me tell you, if God had not walked with me, sometimes we underestimate what we have in Jesus. I mean, we really underestimate what we have in him. If he had not walked with me and encouraged me and reminded me that I was in his presence and reminded me that... All I had was God, but that's all I needed. And whatever you're going through right now, maybe you think, oh, I don't have anything. But listen, you have God. You have God. And when you have God, when you realize, I don't have anything else, then you realize, hey, that's all I need. Mom, i got a couple more questions I want okay. to ask you. But before I do, uh, okay. you know, we all pick on Dad, yeah. right? Because he's such an easy target <laughs> to pick on. But... You know, you had a pick line that was oh, in you for yes. four months. Four months. And every day, uh, I mean, you, you, we, we pick on Dad. We kid about that. But he, he's a great husband he, and a good nurse for you. So what let about... Let me tell you, that man right there, he never left my side, ever. And he was so patient with me. I cannot tell you. He'd lift me up out of the floor and he'd say, you're going to be okay. And he never lost his patience with me. And then had a pick line. I didn't even know what a pick line was. I mean, I didn't know any of these things. And it was in my arm dangling. And I had to wear it for four hours every day. You had to wear it for four months. I mean, excuse me, four, four hours, months. four months. It seemed like four years. Yeah, thank you for correcting me. I had to wear it for four months. Every morning when he'd get me up and fix my breakfast, he'd say, we've got to clean those pick lines. And, he clean, and they never one time got stopped up. He was there the whole time reading. Reading my verses with me twice a day, encouraging me and doing those peak lines. And that wasn't too much fun for him, I'm sure. But he did it lovingly. He did. Well, y'all are a good team, Mom. And uh, it's a, that's, a, that's a special blessing. Thank you. A uh, couple of more questions here. What would you say to the person out here today? You already said that we're all facing something. Absolutely. It may not be. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it's not something this serious. Yeah, that's right. But for right. some people today, it may be. What would you say to the person today who's fighting a battle and they just feel like they've lost hope and they're about ready to give up? What would you say to them? I would say you turn to Jesus. He will help you. No, don't ever lose hope. Never, ever, ever lose hope. No matter what you're going through, you turn to Jesus and you read the scriptures and you let those verses on those pages just come off of the pages and become indelibly inscribed in your heart and believe what God says. Believe him. And as long as you have him, 
whatever you're going through, just discouragement. Let me tell you, discouragement doesn't come from God. God says, I'll help you. Discouragement comes from Satan, and we know that. So do not receive discouragement. Just say, God, I don't understand this. I don't even really like it. But you will see me through. There's always hope. You know, I think that within our family, I think that has been moms uh, for all of, all of our family, whatever we might have gone through in our lives, different times. Uh, that's always been mom's deal for us. You don't ever give up. You don't ever quit. And, and she says, we're going to come through this, not somehow. But triumphantly. But triumphantly. That's always what she says. And that's what you've lived during this time. So I think that's the word for today is whatever you're facing, we don't give up. We don't quit. We trust the Lord. And as best we can, we keep moving forward. Absolutely. Now, mom, one last question. What would you say because we're all so thankful the Lord has healed you, and we're praying now that you'll stay healed, right, and that you'll stay healthy, right. and that that affliction will not ever rise up again. We're trusting God for that. What would you say to the person out there or to the family out there who they had a, a loved one who was diagnosed with cancer or some other disease, and just like we prayed for you to be healed, they prayed for their loved Absolutely. one to be healed, and Absolutely. yet their loved one died. Absolutely. What, what do you say to that person? I'm so glad that, we, that, we, that you brought this up because I want to emphasize we prayed for Charles's mother. She had cancer. She wasn't healed on this earth. We wanted her to be healed on this earth. But God says, I've got a, the ultimate healing for her. I'm healing her in heaven. We have prayed, all of us have prayed for family and friends, and God chose not for some reason. We don't understand God's mind, but he chose for some reason not to heal them on this earth, and that is okay because he did heal them, and they are healed with a perfect body in heaven. And you know, in Deuteronomy, it says the secret things belong to the Lord. Right. We don't know why that God chooses to heal some here and some in heaven. But what we do, we trust him enough. And that's what I said, Lord, either here or there, you'll heal me and it's okay. Well, and you, you lost your sister when she was how old? I lost my sister when she was like 14 months old and I was seven years old. And I will never forget that. I thought, oh my goodness, goodness gracious. And my mother said, you know, she is in heaven, Dottie. She, couldn't, she wouldn't have been well like you. So God just said, I'm going to bring her on up here to heaven and give her a new body. And that was good for me. And when, I was, when my mother and my daddy, and I was very close to my parents, you know that. And, and those of you who have like, you're close to them, but when you're, when you're thinking about where they are, it helps the hurt not to be quite as bad, even though you miss them. But you think, that's what's best for them. Right. And so God will, he has helped us through the death. And your, and your two brothers, my, my Uncle brothers. Phil and Uncle Wayne, we prayed that they would be healed. And, and, and they were, but they were healed in heaven. My two younger brothers, younger, I mean, I'm older, they were younger than me. And my Phil was my mentor. I mean, I, he just loved God so much that I just wanted to talk to him all the time. And Wayne was my encourager. And we prayed, and they had faith, and we just knew they would be healed. I knew they would be healed. They were not healed on this earth, but thank God, they are in heaven, sitting at the feet of Jesus, or walking around, or singing, or whatever they're doing. They are happy, and they are well. And when I picture my family and that uh, atmosphere, it just brings peace to my heart. And so whichever way it goes. Oh, it's okay. That's what I told the doctor. Whichever way, I'm good with that. Because our times are in his hands. We're not to question that. I think it's pretty obvious that this is the best preacher in the family <laughs> by far. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's the best preacher in the family.
Well, Mom, we get to go and we could talk for another hour, couldn't we? Yes, but I do want to tell people, don't ever forget what you have in Jesus. Don't get so bogged down with stuff, 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 and things and situations that Jesus just comes here. And when, when he told me, you put my presence here and your problem here, if you put your problem before acknowledging my presence, Dottie, you won't make it. And I said, no, no, no. And I just would encourage everybody, you keep Jesus where he is supposed to be and all is well. One day we're going to all be in heaven. Right. We are. We're right. going to all be up in heaven. And so that's something that we look forward to. And I, don't, I know it's no. time to stop. I'm no, no, looking no. at but, the clock. Um, but, hey. Daddy did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, before we do stop, and in a minute we're going to have an invitation, uh, you and I both know that the only thing better than being saved is to be saved and know that we're Absolutely. saved. Absolutely. And I think that's the reason you had such peace through this. Absolutely. You knew you were saved. That's and right. What would you say to the person out there who's, who, who's in the service today who says, you know what? I don't know if I could go through something like that because I don't, I don't think I would have that peace. I'm not sure what would happen to me when I die. I'm not sure that I'm saved. What would you say to that person? I would say none of us are even, we don't have the next minute guaranteed to us. I would say if you didn't have that peace in your heart, if it were me, I would fall prostrate before God. And I would say, oh, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And would you please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins, Lord, so that I can enjoy your presence now and I can feel your comfort no matter if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's okay if I have you in my heart. And then one day, I'll be with you in heaven. I would just say immediately, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, just pray and invite him into your heart and receive him and let him rule your heart and rule your life so that no matter what comes, you can handle it. You can handle it. And it won't handle you. There's a, that's another story. Okay. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Thank we, you. Thank we you. love you. Thank you. We love you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, mom said it right. She said, immediately, immediately, if you don't have that peace in your heart that, that you know you're saved, why don't you just call on the Lord and ask him to save you? Would you just pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I don't have the full assurance that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I hope I am. I think I am. But I don't know for sure. And God, I need that assurance. And so I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. And make me a Christian. I ask you to save me. And I trust you to do it. And Lord, whether I live... Or whether I die, it'll be okay. Because I'm trusting you. And I have you in life. I'll have you in death. And I'll have you for all eternity. I trust you, Jesus. I do trust you. With all my heart. Oh God, I pray somebody prayed that prayer today. 
Oh God, I think mom would say, it was all worth it. Every hour of chemo, every trip to the doctor, all of it was worth it. If just one person got that settled in their heart today. God, don't let anybody listening to this program live or online or at some other time. God, don't let them go from here without making the greatest decision they could ever make to put their faith and trust in Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. And all the people said, amen and amen. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message on peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.